Hey, rock stars, I'm JB, expert salesperson and master presenter. I'm the doctor, psychologist, and behavioral expert. This is the Entrepreneur Mastery Lab Podcast. We're high-performance coaches that help service-based professionals and entrepreneurs take their skills to the next level. 70% of entrepreneurs fail, which is why every week we have real talk with real entrepreneurs to help ensure you are not one of them. We're also the inventors of the Be Rich Mindset, where we rise to mastery, inspire greatness, celebrate knowledge, and help others along the way. So join us in the lab. And now, on to the show. What's up, rock stars? Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Mastery Lab. I'm JB. I'm the doctor. Hey, if this is your first time joining us, thank you so much for coming and checking us out, whether you're listening or watching on YouTube. This is the EML where we have real talk with real professionals every single week, even if it just happens to be between the two of us. And if you are a returning listener or viewer, thank you so much for your continued support. I'm certain I know it. You've already gone ahead. You've liked, you've subscribed, you've followed and you shared, but on the off chance you haven't yet, Go ahead and do that. And if you're brand new, well, you don't have to do it yet, but make sure you do before the end of the episode. Do it now. Do it now. Don't wait. You heard the man, folks. Just go ahead and get it done now. We love to be able to impact more people. The best way for us to do that is for you to give us a little love online and share us. All right, Doc. How'd we do? That's a pretty good opening, right? Yeah, solid, rock solid. 100 plus episodes in. We're getting pretty good at this, aren't we? Either that or they've heard the same thing so much that they've already hit the fast forward button. 30 seconds ahead. Don't say that. (laughs) You can't fast forward through us. Do you hear how fast I talk? There's no way you can fast forward through this. Won't be able to understand what's going on. What we're going to start doing is just messing with people and throwing like a secret code word or something during that. Just to make sure people pay attention. Because you know, if if you're not watching us on YouTube, you miss some of the stuff because we like to throw in some fun banners and, and things that you don't get if you're only listening to us. There's nothing wrong with only listening to us, but you know, we like to throw things off. If you could pick a secret code word to use, do you have something that you'd use? Like you have Super something to in mind? Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Oh yeah, that's uh, totally, you know, I, that'd slip right by me for sure. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with like, wait, I thought you were going to go with uh the, the secret to all of life's uh, questions or whatever, 42 or whatever it is, or 46. Or I always that would be it. a lot easier to type in. Yes. <laughs> but not quite as memorable. I can see you ty- trying to type that in right now, supercalifragilis. I don't even know how to spell it. It's like when, when you get pulled over and the cop asks you to do the, uh, the alphabet backwards. It's like, I can't even get past X. That's too hard. It's hard enough to do it forward sometimes. Not without singing. Yeah. Well, man, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm super pumped, Doc. We've got a fantastic guest joining us today. We've got the one and only Shane Santa Croce joining us here in the lab. Shane, what's up, man? How's it going? Excited to be here. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. We, we have one serious challenge with getting you on this show. You've got so much going on and you run so many different businesses. We did not even know how to introduce you. So <laughs> do us a favor. Give, give our listeners and our viewers a chance to understand kind of who you are and all the different things you're into. You know, it's funny because my kids still say to me like, Dad, when people ask me what you do, like, what do we tell them? Like, one day you're, you're at your luxury car rental company. The next day... You're New York Fashion Week with your models. Like, what do you actually do? I'm like, look, 
I'm a serial entrepreneur. That's comes down to. But uh, yeah, I do own several businesses. Um, I like to say I invest in people, not business. And that's how I kind of grow all my people go around it. But I've been in sales and marketing part of my life. I actually started um, my first job. I was 12 years old working in a restaurant. And my most interesting job, probably not the most compliant thing I've ever done in my life, was uh, selling stocks at 14 in a, in, a, in a boiler room. So I've done just about everything in between. I've done done sales. I've done marketing. I've done operations. You name it. But now my main goal or my main focus is on sales processes and marketing aspects of a business. So the entire front end and how all that, you know, kind of goes together. So I can walk into just about any industry and create a marketing platform that flows into a professional, efficient sales process that takes the client all So, you know, I own a spa. I have a luxury car rental company. Um, and my marketing firm, my consulting firm, uh, I, you know, I do a lot of stuff in the real estate industry, as you know, I do manage over 600, you know, um, models and influencers for di- different social media platforms. Uh, just recently started, you know, managing some artists again. So I'm in a studio a lot. It makes, uh, same. it makes dollars. It makes sense to me. So I'm always open. I entertain just about any opportunity. Doesn't matter how big or small. I'd look to see if it's something I'd be interested in. And from there, I just find people that are good in that industry. I invest into them and I help them find their true potential. And before you know it, I have a partner. It's really cool, man. It's a lot, it's a lot to keep up with, right? Just hearing you. It's a lot to keep <laughs> yeah. up. It tires me out just, just hearing you kind kind of talk through it, dude. I why why now sales process like kind of why why sales process and marketing what's kind of led you to that and and why have you made that decision to make that a major focus it's actually a really good question because that question right there really determined my career path to where it is now from when i was in my 20s so when i was younger you know i've always been in some capacity right and when i learned to do sales leads were anything we used to get three by five cards with a name phone number that was your lead for the day. You got a hundred a day, but you had to make 400 phone calls. So once you got done with that, you had the phone book, you know, and we would literally go to the white pages and just go down and just call cold call. I mean, that was the lead to me. So, you know, I never knew of a lead. And then every once in a while they'd come down. If anybody's ever watched Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, we get the Glenn Gary lead. Right. And that was from a broker that had somebody that had invested in the past. It didn't work out, but you know, it was a professor who had spent money in the past. And if you got one of those, that was the golden goose, right? But as I as I got older and first of all realized what I was doing was necessarily uh, I don't want to say legal, but that's probably the right word. I uh, I started understanding how important leads were. So in the when I started in the title insurance business, I converted to mortgage sales and lending. And my guys were always complaining about leads. So I just started generating my own leads. Then I started generating so many that my staff couldn't handle it. So my God, well, I'll just sell them. And our conversions were very, very high. And then other people's were literally 10 to 20% of ours. And I, I'm thinking to myself, well, they're exclusive. I'm not reselling them to anyone else. I'm not a lead vendor. I'm doing this just to make up for leads. I can't, you're an overflow for me. 
why am I closing at 42% and you're closing at eight and six? So I said, look, here's what I'm going to do for you. Let me listen to some of the phone calls that your guys are taking and figure out what they're doing differently than mine. Wow. What an eye-opening experience that was to hear how horrible people were in sales, right? So I said, look, my guys have a very detailed script that they have to follow. And then there's the part for improvisation. And then back to the script. Why don't you let me write one for your guys for free? This way you close more leads. Okay, great. I went up a little bit. Okay, well, what type of CRM are you using? Well, we don't use a CRM. Okay, well, what kind of phone system do you have? Well, it just, it's, you know, whatever random thing they were using. And I just started to realize that all these different steps all combined with the sales process, right? So when you talk about marketing, marketing is only as good as the sales team that are taking the phone calls. So I started offering a service and I realized, well, I might as well make money off of this, right? So no longer am I doing this as a favor. I started building out branded campaigns specific and then going in and training the staff, creating a script, understanding a phone system and how it should, you know, um, kind of integrate with your CRM, the CRM follow-ups, how important follow-up was. Then I got to the psychology and the follow-up process. And before you know it, I basically just created a system that you can walk into almost any industry and implement a digital marketing platform that flows directly into the sales process, into the CRMs with a very efficient follow-up process. And you're going to have the best results you can get. I mean, that's really, that's how the whole thing played out with me saying, hey, here's some overflow leads. You suck. Why? Let's figure it out. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it. Why do people naturally suck in your, in your experience? Kind of what's been the, what's been the number one driver of like where, where people break in the, in the sales conversation? What are they doing wrong? I think there's a lot of myths about sales. Like number one, salesmen are born, not made. I believe that for the first half of my career until I started educating myself on actual sales. So for me, I was a salesman because I was hungry. Like my, I lived in my mom's car when I was 12. So I got a job because I didn't like that very much, you know? And over time, I just, you know, I wanted money. So I would, it didn't matter. You gave me somebody to call and you said there's a potential to make money out of it. I'm calling, I'm not going to stop until you just block me, right? So that was within me because of the need to survive literally as a, a teenager. What I did, what I realized is that I started to learn and educate myself in sales and reading like Robert Kiyosaki and Robert Green and Tom Hopkins and so forth, Zig Ziglar and Dale Carnegie. I realized that this is something that can be taught, right? And, you know, I literally had this conversation just this past week with somebody because they didn't go to college. And I'm sorry, it was actually their kid we were talking about. He wasn't going to college. He had really nothing going on. And um, she said to me, Shane, what do you suggest he does? Well, you have him learn the sales. It's the only place you can go that has an unlimited potential of revenue based on your work ethic, period. So she's like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, take this course, this course, buy all these books, read them in this order, da, da, da. And it all came out, what I was suggesting them to do, to about $30,000 over the course of a year. And she's like, that's crazy. Why would we spend that money? I'm like, well, where'd you go to college? And she went uh, to um, UF and her husband went to FSU. I go, what'd you guys spend on college? Oh my God, this, da, da, da. 
and you know she's in the medical field, he's in the IT field. They spend an obscene amount of money, right? Six figures between the two. I said, so you guys are willing to spend six figures on a collaboration of which either one of you are really actually utilize your current career, right? But you're not willing to invest thirty thousand dollars to educating your son for him to have a career. And they kind of looked at each other and looked at me like this this light bulb went on top of my head. And she's like, wow, you know, I, I never really thought of it that way. I said, so most people don't spend the time investing into themselves. They take a, they take a, a, a job because the earning potential is six figures a year, but it's earning potential. Therefore, you have to find your potential, invest an hour or two, just a day. You can literally completely alter the path in life in 90 days. Doesn't matter if you're 50 years old or 15 years old. In 90 days, you can completely alter your trajectory in life. So why not put in that that focus, that time, and that dedication? And most people, they just don't do it. And they use the excuse, Shane, you're you're just a natural at this. Well, why? I wasn't a natural at 14. I was being yelled at and screamed at and cursed at by multi-millionaire stockbrokers, right? As a kid, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So if I could do it then, at 24, you could definitely do it now. But you have to put in, and they just don't do it. Yeah, well, it, and it makes sense, right? You see, it's pervasive in, in this country where it's the only profession, right? Sales is the only profession where no experience required, right? <laughs> like, Absolutely. You want, you want a job in this world? Oh, my God, try to get a job. It's hard to get a job unless it's sales. And then you could literally be coming from you know a background where you know nothing about sales, but it's okay. You can be a salesperson, which is mind-blowing considering that businesses you know, live and die based off sales. So you're taking one of the most important functions in a business and turning around and saying, yeah, anybody can do this. Uh, yeah. But, you know, any other profession, you'd be very hesitant to work with somebody that doesn't have you know, a higher level of education of in course. that space, in that field. Right. Absolutely. Sales is the lone exception. And so I'm I'm with you, man. I, I mean, I think sales is looked at as uh, anybody can do it and anybody should be able to do it. And it's not that that's wrong. It's just that not everybody is going to immediately be able to do it yeah. <laughs> unless they've been trained really well uh, and training makes a huge difference yeah just like just like a doctor a doctor an attorney they're not going to come out and start surgery day one they spend years perfecting their craft right and the only reason i use those type of professions is number one they spend a lot of money on education and number two they have the potential to make a lot of money right so as a sales professional you have the potential to make as much and in most cases most cases a lot more than attorneys and doctors and engineers you can make seven figures a year sitting at home with a computer and a phone making phone calls all day long in almost any sales industry if you're willing to dedicate the time and effort to do it top top paid sales professions in this country entertainers i.e actors and actresses mm -hmm. sports athletes professional athletes and salespeople the highest paid professions in this country. Um, not everybody, of course, but the, the 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 peak and the ceilings are higher than anywhere else. You know, it, it's interesting too on how much of a there. Yeah, in all reality, there doesn't have to be a peak. You know, if I always tell people, if I let's just say I wanted to make an extra hundred grand this year, it's just numbers. So, okay, I need to make this many more calls to grab this many more clients to close this many deals. That's it. And when I get to a peak. Let me recreate myself.
Who can I bring in and train to do exactly what I do and take a piece of them? And before you know it, you have a sales team generating residual income, right? So, I mean, I could talk about sales for forever. And to this, no matter what, to this day, people still assume if you're a sales professional, something is just not right. You have those doubters that say, Shane, there's no way you're making all that money in sales. Why not? A lot of salesmen do stupid things, right? Because there's a very fine line between a successful sales and a career con artist. Very fine line. And a lot of people don't necessarily understand what I mean when I say that, because some of the best sales professionals in the world are what? Criminals, right? When you look at the Bernie Madoffs of the world, if Bernie Madoff came out of jail today and wrote a training course on sales, you better believe he'd be the number one sales training course in the country in 24 hours. You know what I mean? What's his name? Um, sure. Uh, the guy, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan. What did he do? He came out and started a sales seminar, right back to making millions. You know, so when you look at that fine line, you're going to go one way or the other. But ultimately, these guys put in the work to understand the psychology behind the sale, what it takes to get the yes, what it takes to get the social, what it takes to get the signature on a dotted line. You know, so there's a fine line. And if you walk the right one, you're going to be very, very successful. And you're going to be looked at no matter what in some funny way. People, people still think I'm doing shady stuff all the time. I'm like, guys, come to my office. I get 3,000 calls a day from people struggling with addiction and 99%, not exaggeration, only 1% can afford treatment. 1%. Those other 99 cents, get it for free. What's bad about that? I've done 1,276 interventions for free. What's bad about that? Right? So the sales allows me to do these things because that 1% of sales drives enough revenue for me to help other people. Right. So, you know, if you're out there and you're watching this and your next question is what's next for me in life. If you're 16 years old and you just know school and college is not for you, look in the sales. If you're 30 and you know what, you threw a bunch of shit against the wall and you didn't work out, look in the sales. If you're going through a midlife crisis wondering now what, Look at the sales, pick up a book, read it, and just make some phone calls. You'll be surprised how easy it is to get a yes if you want the eight no's it takes to get it. Well, that's it, right? You just got to be willing to face a little bit of rejection, which, which yep. really, you know, it's it's all in, it's all in your mindset and how you look at it. You know, it, is eight no's a bad thing to get? Not, not a, you know, number nine is a yes. You, you should be looking forward to the eight no's, right? Because you know, yeah. every, every night is a yes. Get excited, yeah, right? I used to have my salesmen when we were doing the mortgages, right? They, I would take away their chairs and they had to get five social security numbers uh, before they got their chair for the day, right? That's how hardcore sales that we grew up in. So I would walk by and I would go and, and um, you know, I never asked how many, and they knew what I was looking for. So I'm like, John, wait, wait. He's like, I already got nine no's today. Hey, I got 14 no's and I've got, and I've already got a contract. So they would start going through and tell me how many no's they got. Because they knew an eight to one ratio is about what it was back then. So they knew that they had to get through those 40 no's, those five contracts. So they would keep track of how many no's they got when asking for the social. It was fantastic. That's awesome, man. Have you, have you seen a change? I'm just curious. So, I mean, kind of much more digital today. We were talking before we even hit record about kind of, you know, the digital side of things. Have, have you seen a change in sales or in your opinion, does it even matter? right? Or sales, sales. So there's two sides to that, right? Sales are sales for sure. Like no matter what, 
when I sit down and talk to people and I, and they say, Oh, I need leads. I'm like, well, how many calls a day are you making? Well, I don't really have the leads. I'm like, well, you, do you have LinkedIn? Yeah. How many messages a day are you sending? Well, you know, stop. How many mess? I'm trying. No, 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 no. Stop with the trying. We don't try, right? I think we talked about it before. Did or did you not make the calls? Did you or did you not messages? Social media gives you access to tens of thousands of people every day. Send out 100 messages every single day. What does that say? I can't see it. Do or do not, there is no try. There is no try. Thank you. The biggest excuse in life. I love people say to me, I'm really trying to go to the gym. What does that mean? You are, you were halfway there and the car broke down? That's okay. I'll take that if you tried to get there, right? But you didn't wake up on time. You didn't buy the membership. You didn't. What you, you didn't. Did you? And if you did, you failed. Great. Do it again, right? But um, yeah. So as far as sales, I think that it's always going to be a numbers game. It's never going to change. The only major adjustment I've seen, I do see a lot more female professionals coming into sales than before uh, and understanding how much more successful they can be. So that's probably the biggest shift in my personal model that I've noticed. I probably had, you know, 95% male in my mortgage company and the majority of my processes were female. My receptions, like typical roles that a woman would want to fill back then, right? We're going back 20 plus years. I'm sure I'm going to get some hate in the comments for that that comment, but that's just what it was, right? You can hate me for it, but that was the reality. But now a lot more females are coming uh, to the table wanting to make the money and wanting to learn sales and wanting to put themselves out there and learn. So that's probably the biggest change that I've seen in the past 20 plus years. Numbers are numbers, whether they're making phone calls, sending texts, or sending messages on social media, it's still a numbers game, and that's just never going to change. When when you talk about seeing more more women kind of come into the sales roles today versus what, what was in the past, and I don't disagree with you. I think there's been a lot of empowerment and enablement, enablement for, for women to be able to take on these roles. Um, has your experience been, you know, because they are, the, the, the drive is there, you, you kind of what you just described is a drive, right? I, I want to do this. I, you know, do you see a difference in kind of working with women versus working with men? Well, first of all, and, and again, I'm, I'm not sure who's going to hate on me more than men or the women here, but um, women have a much, a, a much easier opportunity to be successful in sales because they're women. That's been my experience. And I've, I've, seeing this time and time again, if, and only if they're putting the same work ethic as a man. So when you're ahead, a woman is going to succeed. And I think it's more so because people are more willing to speak to a woman right off the rip as opposed to a man, right? Men are known to be slimy sales. That's what it is, right? When you, when you hear a, a bad con type situation or a bad sales experience, it's a guy. So a woman's voice on a phone call is typically more, it's right. So you're a little more willing to, to talk and take a phone call from a woman who knows what they're talking about. And then in person too, they have a little bit more of, a, of an advantage because they're less likely to be just shut down immediately. So if they're really doing their job and they're committed, I see them becoming more successful and having higher closing ratios than a typical man. So I encourage women to, to get involved. And I also see more of a drive in women today 
than I've seen in the past. I see men becoming a lot more relaxed and, I mean, lazy is the term that I put out there on a regular basis. Men are just becoming lazy. Women are becoming more driven. They're realizing that these opportunities are out there. They're being, they're being more accepted into these fields than they used to be in the past, right? Um, they're also, I think one thing too that is being more accepted is that when you're working in a male-dominated industry and you want to be accepted as such, well, you're going to accept the same criticism and judgment and bullshit that we deal with on a daily basis. We're going to treat you like part of the team. And I think in the beginning, when women started coming into the sales field, it's a it's a it's a tough environment for the most part, right? And we're always busting each other's balls and giving each other a hard time and rather and women weren't really used to that, right? So coming into this industry, I think that the, the you know, again, I'm trying to be cautious on what I say here, so I don't get completely destroyed in the comment section. But ultimately, women were softer back then. So when they came in, they heard some guys cussing or or using foul language or making fun of you because you weren't closing deals like they were. They got a little bit more emotional back then. I think now the skin's been, you know, toughened up a little bit. So they're saying, hey, I want to be equal to you. I'm going to take the same treatment. I'm putting the same work ethic, and I'm going to make more money than you are. So I think that's probably something that I've noticed that is definitely changing. Well, I wonder if they're just not getting exposed to to women who who are gung-ho, right? You know, who's going to be seeking out, you know, the, a, a mentor and a coach and somebody who – uh, has been there and done it. It's the people who really want to be a lot more effective. So I wonder if you're just pound for pound getting a lot of women that are that are pushing into the space that you operate in because they're they're being uh, assertive about it. You know, whereas a lot of men maybe aren't being assertive at this point. Yeah, closing ratio on speaking to a woman that wants mentoring or coaching versus a man is very very different because a woman is open to understand. Hey, I don't know this field. But you're telling me I can learn? Right. A lot of guys come in and, well, do I really want to learn? Like, you're better than me? Like, you have to accept that someone's been doing this and they just might and you know, right? So the younger generation has a really tough time accepting that fact, right? But I see women, they're, they're real open saying, hey, look, Shane, you're doing this successfully. I also like to do it successfully. How do I get there? With men, I have to break down these barriers of saying, look, that's a bad habit. Stop. It didn't work for you, right? You wouldn't be here needing help if what you were doing was working the way you want it to work. I'm showing you a proven method that if you do A, B, and C, you will be this much more successful, right? It's kind of like a typically, and again, when we talk about this, the typical we're, we're talking about here, typically men have a lot more problems adjusting to taking direction and, and leaving their checking their ego at the door than a woman does. Now, just my caveat, I want to say this is like a basic generalization. So, um, you know, I think as Shane's speaking, he's speaking on some of his experience and what he's seeing is trends. Uh, but I don't want to, I want to be cautious of that generalization. And it is our experiences that we're talking about because there are yeah. plenty of experiences out there where women have, haven't haven't had opportunities that are much more uh, qualified and one size doesn't fit all. And I think this is one of those categories that definitely fits that that mention that one size doesn't fit all because there's going to be a lot of different experiences. So if you're listening and you've experienced something different, uh, we appreciate that as well. 
Um, and we love to hear that piece of it too, so that we can have some more of the conversation to continue to flow. This is just one aspect of what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad you, you put it out there is that again, we're talking about number one, I only speak of my personal experience with people. I have trained over 13,000 sales professionals in my career so far. So that's what I'm basing off. I've generated just in the rehab business alone, over a million inbound phone calls in the real estate industry, probably three times that. So I have a pretty good foundation, but I'm not the end all be all, right? So when I talk about the things that we talk about, I'm tipping in, talking in generalizations and my personal experience with people. You know, I'm not there. And uh, too, when we speak about women, you know, very careful when we're talking about that, because I, I don't want to, anyone to feel as if I'm, pushing them out, leaving them out, or not including them in the conversation. We're just talking in general, you know, uh, generalizations here as to the differences that we're seeing today, not, you know, not pushing anybody away from the conversation. And I think that's important for people to understand. And we are aware that this conversation is being held by three uh, middle-aged white men <laughs> without any other representation. Yeah. <laughs> so there is, a, there is some limit to what we can share in this conversation as well. Of right, course, right. In, in this con conversation, but you know, we, I think we we do a really nice job at, as as a team doc of making sure that we are inclusive and and we really bring in different perspectives uh, on our show on a on a regular basis. Be able to have these kinds of conversations, but do it do it in a way that's not meant to be to to your point exclusionary. It's just it's just kind of exploring somebody's individual experience with something, uh, and I, I do find it interesting. I'm going to back away from gender for a second, though. I'm going to kind of focus in, Shane, on, on something I'm curious about. Uh, when it comes to to what we've talked about today, we've talked about lead gen and we've talked about sales, right? Mm -hmm. And and where where in your opinion and what have you seen? Where do people struggle more? Is it lead gen or is it sales or is it is it equally split? So, in, in my opinion, I'm going to say sales, and the reason why is that everybody's a lead, right? If you're providing a service or a product that answers a question or provides a solution, people need it, right? So finding those people these days is relatively easy because we have social media. So if you're willing to put in the time to get your message out, you're going to find the people that you're providing the solution to. But once you connect with those people, what is next, right? Here's a perfect example. When an individual is looking to purchase a product or service, they typically wait, unless it's an immediate, they typically wait 12 plus days to buy. About 47% of people that are reaching out, let's just say for a mortgage, right? Or a new car, right? New car is a big one. They wait 12 plus days to make a sale, okay? 47% of people wait 12 plus days to make a sale from the date of first inquiry. The typical follow-up for a sales professional is 2.7 days, not even three days, right? And about only 8 to 10% of people make a sale in those first three days. And if you look at industry standards, an average closing ratio is about 10%, right? So it's all numbers, and follow-up is, a, is a, obviously a big part of the sales process understanding the psychology of the person you're speaking to and having a very efficient sales process and script versus a pitch. I want to talk about that real quick. A pitch is convincing someone 
to buy something, a product or service they don't necessarily need or want. But I'll do many different sales tactics and you will say yes to me, right? A script is a guideline that educates someone on a product or service they do need and why they should purchase it from you. So I rarely do hear me talk about pitch and you hear me talk about script. So having a scripted sales process from how you say hello to how you say thank you for buying is extremely important and very few companies are implementing an efficient process when it comes to scripting. That's in, that's interesting. So follow up the fu money, right? That's that's where the fu money comes from. That's the saying, and I, yep. I always love that about follow up because it's true. And you see a lot of stats out there around uh, follow up, but I, I think ultimately, you know, forget the stats, the the empirical evidence, kind of you know what we see and experience is is pretty much the same where. You, you find a salesperson that's willing to follow up three times and they're, they're kind of a unicorn in the world compared yes. to most salespeople, you know, that simple three times, you know, you follow up three times. Hey, still interested. It doesn't even have to be a difficult conversation. I mean, and there are techniques to be better at that, but just a simple text message. Hey, yes, no, maybe let me know. Okay. Send a meme. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what you do. Just inquire. You're going to love this, Jamie. One of the things I implemented years ago, the shark tank, right? So I had a very specific follow-up process. If somebody inquired today, you followed them three times a day for the first three days, then once a day for the next five days, then every other day for the next 30 days, and then once a month thereafter, right? Or once a week and so forth and so on. And it went all the way up. If you missed your follow-up, only once that lead was removed from your pipeline and sent to the shark tank, which means everybody had access to the shark tank. Okay. So if you weren't doing your follow-ups properly, you lost the lead and it went to the shark tank, which everyone had access to. I had salesmen that all they did was shark tank. They didn't even want new leads. Like Shane, I don't want new leads. These people have already shown interest and been somewhat pre-qualified to buy. I, I'm just going to sit in the shark tank all day long. And the other sales rep would get so mad. I'm like, hey, I talked to the guy eight months ago. Well, why do you keep following up with him? Right? It took him eight months to make a, to make a decision. Oh, well. So it was that was probably one of the most interesting and successful changes I made to my sales model was the shark tank model because so many people, number one, stayed on top of their leads because they didn't want to lose them, right? And then how many people only wanted to work the Shark Tank leads and didn't even want new leads? That's why I don't think the lead is that important. It's a sales process. And those people that were in those Shark Tank leads were always in the top 5% of the sales at the end of the month, always. Well, it makes sense. It's a warm, to your point, semi-pre-qualified lead. I, I mean, it, it doesn't get, that's a lot easier than a cold conversation for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that story, by the way. I, I absolutely love kind of the way you illustrated that out, the difference between, you know, the the, the challenge with leads versus the challenge with sales. Uh, it's fantastic. That's awesome. So I'm wondering, we heard a lot about different businesses that you're in. Uh, is one of those business a cloning factory? Because I'm just wondering <laughs> how you have like, the time to keep up with the, with all those different things we talked about. And I think that's so when I get into an industry, for our listeners. Yeah, when I get into an industry, you know, I, I make a decision on something. Is this something I want to put into and then go for how long? Okay. 
once I determine that, I decide who can I work with that I can bring in. So I'll give you like my spa, for example. I don't know anything about anything, right? But there was an opportunity to buy a spa that was um, organic and, you know, no harsh chemicals, good for the environment, good for the skin, good for everything. Good opportunity. Somebody was moving. They had to get rid of it. They had a good clientele base. So I'm like, oh, that's necessary. I found someone. I said, here's the deal. It's going to cost me $50,000 to buy this. It's going to cost me X amount to market it. Da, 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 da. I'm going to give you 25% of the business and pay you a salary for this amount of time. Once I receive my plus 10% interest, we'll go 50-50. Once I've doubled my money, give you 75% and I'll just keep 25%. And I've kept that model with almost everything I've done. So this way, even if they're not necessarily a partner, because I'm I know decision maker and typically not partners, but I'm giving them equity, right? They're, they're getting, I want to call it a commission or whatever it is, but ultimately I'm able to create all these different businesses. And even if I only have 10 or 20% of that business, I have almost no responsibility. So I'll show up for events or the important stuff. And I'll make sure my legal team is on top of things and my, you know, my, um, my bookkeepers on top of things. But for the most part, if I invest into the people that can do that business successfully, I don't really have to put much time or effort into it. So that's how I build my businesses out and how I'm able to have so many different things going at the same time and still be able to bring on new projects without needing to focus on those. It's pretty incredible. I, and I appreciate it, right? You know, you're leveraging your, your time and your resources uh, so you can, you can do a lot and, and be in more places than, than one at one time, right? You can be in a lot of places, a lot of different times, or as the doc saying, you know, cloning yourself in a sense. So if you're saying a job, you're hiring. <laughs> you know, just, just putting it out there to the audience. You know, you never know. You know, <laughs> I, I, you know what's so funny is somebody said to me one day, you have to learn to duplicate yourself. So I started teaching people everything. Right? And something started happening. They started leaving, right? Some on good terms, some on bad. Like good terms, I took pride in. If you came to me and said, Shane, I've learned so much from you. I want to start my own business. It's the best thing for me. I'd have a tear in my eye, shake your hand and say, thank you. I appreciate the time you gave me. And I'm so honored to have been part of your journey to now move on to be a successful entrepreneur. Like, well, for me, that is the biggest compliment in life to know someone on to their own and build their own empire because of my help, right? Those that try to do it in a malicious fashion, right? So then I started, I switched it up a little bit. Instead of teaching people everything I know, I taught them everything that they know. <laughs> and I would keep everything very compartmentalized. So one person was extremely efficient here, but not everywhere. And so I started taking people and giving them, you know, main responsibilities, roles and, and equity for a specific division, but not everything because it became too much of a hassle. Now, when people come to me and say, Shane, look, you know, in over the next X amount of years, I would like to, you know, work my way to my own thing. Now I'm going to teach you those things so you can move on and do your own thing. And I put that out there from the moment I hire somebody. I don't care if you're my receptionist. 
I treat you all the same. No one works for me. They all work with me. And if you're looking to grow, I'm willing to help you do so personally and professionally, as long as you're upfront and honest with me. That's all I ask. And, and I can I can say just just very plainly that we've had that opportunity to work alongside you and, and do some joint work together and, and really enjoy, you know, the 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 professionalism. And, and I, I think that, that just the, the honesty and, and the authenticity that you're talking about, right? You're just there to help people and lift the people up around you. And that's a pretty amazing thing. So we appreciate you, man. And we appreciate the way you go about things. And I appreciate it. I definitely appreciate you guys recognizing that. And, you know, um, when I was younger, in my early 20s, you know, I had all these people around and, and I didn't realize that I was actually just supporting. And then I realized instrumental it was to just support someone right when providing that education and providing the knowledge and resources to grow personally and professionally it's helping someone a lot more than just giving them a healthy paycheck every week yeah it makes a big difference so shane if our listeners want to either get help from you or connect with you or if they want to leave comments uh, about what you said earlier and they don't want to leave it on our page because we'd appreciate that, <laughs> where can they reach you? Yeah, they're going to beat me up the comments. I always say something that pisses somebody off, and that's fine. Just know that I have the, the greatest of intention. I support. I mean, I don't really don't support. So uh, I could care less about race, gender, color, you name it. I'm, I'm all just about everybody. So beat me up, if you will. I, I love the haters. I appreciate the hate. I know it sounds a bit crazy, but the fact that you will take your time to, to mention my name, positive or negative, i you all. But if you do want to reach out, uh, you go to my website, shanesantacroce.com. That's S-H-A-N-E-S-A-N-T-A-C-R-O-C-E.com. Find me on Instagram, shanesantacroce. Don't do much on TikTok, but I have one. Feel free to follow me there. Or you can email me, shane at, my last name, santacrocemanagement.com. Shane at SantaCrocheManagement.com. And if you're a model or influencer looking for management, Shane at SantaCrocheModels.com. So best way to reach me. All right. And we'll put all that in the, the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get all that in the details of the show notes so anybody can access that uh, if they weren't able to jot it down or uh, you know see it on the screen here. Shane, thanks for joining us in the lab, man. Really enjoyed the conversation. Loved hearing from you and got a lot out of what you talked about. So appreciate you, man. I appreciate it. And uh, let me know anytime. I'd love to do this again. Absolutely. Good to see you. My favorite takeaway from that conversation, Doc, I think was probably the the comment about duplicating yourself, you know, you know figuring out ways to kind of duplicate yourself and, and, and really uh, leverage yourself to, to an extent. Uh, I, I think there's a personal lesson I could probably learn to take from that. I'm I'm convinced he has a cloning machine. <laughs> Did you could you imagine like three or four of me running around? That would not be good. <laughs> the world does not need that. And that's why we can't let it get into certain hands. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the tough conversations too, because it is you know, there's, and there's a lot of caveats we have to play because we want to make sure that we're not offending anybody, and we want to understand that we know there's a lot of moving pieces that go into there. Uh, but we also know Shane and have done work with him. So we know that everything he's saying also is coming from a very good 
a very good spot and it is trying to get more people involved and i think as he's saying that is the idea is we'd like to see more groups that don't get represented to get out there and and be able to realize that they have the skills probably even more so than the groups that are taking over the place so you know i think that conversation is great to have yeah you know you know doc uh, i'm going to i'm going to i think emphasize something that you say a lot which is you know we're we're all we're all on a spectrum and so you know gender almost doesn't matter in a sense because right it doesn't matter if you're a guy or 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 woman or how you identify uh you, you know it it it's almost irrelevant from a sales perspective but i do think there's something to be said about you know there's been generations of men that have had to play a certain role uh and and kind of be in that provider role and that's not really as necessary today because you have so many women stepping up into the provider roles i think it's allowing a subset of men that would normally be be kind of pushing themselves into this role to kind of take a more natural position for themselves which might not be that provider position it might not be i have to be the the primary earner and I, I think there's a there's a there's a balance in the pendulum kind of working itself out right now that shane might be seeing a little bit in his experience and you know it's just something that occurred to me during the conversation i didn't have a chance to bring up earlier absolutely i mean gender is really a construct that we've kind of created to like you know as we put these labels on people uh but the whole ultimate goal as I like to see, is that we don't have to say man, woman, female. Just the person who's best qualified is doing a great job. Unfortunately, we come from a long time where people have been held back because of these things, um, glass ceilings, we know no opportunities, no seats at the table. So we do want to highlight them when we can, um, but hopefully we get to the point where we don't even have to look at those things and we just say the person out there is rocking it and killing it and doing the best job possible. They're the person that you want. Yeah. And if you are looking at somebody to help you out with that, Shane is just an absolutely great guy. So certainly do reach out to him because he's fantastic. Yes. And we're not too shabby also. Yeah, not not at all. And you can you can find us in a lot of places, right, Doc? Pretty of course, much you can find us at our website at jbandthedoctor.com or on all social media at jbandthedoctor. And if you happen to want a little freebie, we've got a just a small little giveaway here that we've had out for a while. You know, we just recognize there's a lot of reasons that businesses fail. There's a lot of reasons people struggle. And if you are looking for six methods to make sure that your business does not fail and it's your competition that's struggling, then you may just want to head over to our website front and center on the first page and download the free gift we have for you. Of course, all this information will also be in the show notes. So well, or you can just reach out to us on all those aspects that we gave you. And if you can't find them, we'll give them to you. We'll send it right to you. Yep. Real simple. And do us one last favor because I know some of you have not, even though we brought this up right at the beginning. So we're going to circle back and we're going to do a full circle and ask you to like, subscribe, follow, share, and give us some love so more people can hear us and hear some of our absolutely phenomenal guests on a more regular basis. Thank you. Absolutely. That's it, Doc. I think it is. Uh, I think this is a great show. Very excited. I'm ready to. I'm ready to get out of here. It's time to go. Yep. JB out. Peace out, yo.